What's up? This is Mike Fenoya from Amigos, and Amigos Podcast is in the loop, the legion of Osiris Podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with podcasts and live experiences about artists and topics you love. Check out OsirisPod.com and stay in the loop. What's up? It's Amigos. It's uh, March 12th. Fucking, yeah, craziness. This is the, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about, uh, you know, what we're all thinking, but, you know, it's uh, it's it's right smack dab in the beginning of the middle of the corona stuff, and uh, I wanted to put out an episode and uh, chat with you guys because... For me and for you, because I'm kind of uh, holed up um, doing, I would call it uh, intermittent containment. I'm uh, hanging at home as much as possible, but I'm still doing shows. I've got two tonight at the Comedy Cellar, and I'm, uh, you know, it is what it is. What can I, you know, you got to get out and do shit, I think. Um, I've got, as as we speak, um, doing shows in Albany this weekend, and uh, Friday, Saturday at the Funny Bone. And it's like, you know, what do you do? Do you, do you freak out and, uh, you know, not do anything? Or, or do you just go out and live? I, and I guess you go out and live, but you wash your fucking hands. And uh, that's, I think, the best we can do at this point. I hope you're all safe. And I hope you're all doing well. And I'm going to be bringing you uh, an abundance of episodes throughout the next couple weeks. Because... You know, podcasting and uh, broadcasting over the web is probably going to be the way that uh, a lot of communication happens in the next... uh, Things are going to change. I wonder if anything will ever actually go back to being like what it was a month ago. Fucking everything was... Everything was different yesterday. But now it's like, you know, things are are changing and... uh, you know, I have my wife works in the medical field and I get my news from her because um, she gets it directly from the hospital and the CDC and things like that. And I uh, believe her and I believe that we are uh, leaderless at the moment. So I don't know. Talk about a fucking perfect storm. I think it would be nice to just have someone go on TV. You know, when I was a kid, I, I pre-social media you would see the president three or four times a year that he would interrupt, you know, you, you'd, you'd get done with your homework. You'd come in from, you know, playing with your friends, you'd eat dinner, you'd take a shower and you'd sit in front of the TV and get ready for a nice hour and a half of, you know, growing pains. Who's the boss, the wonder years. And we interrupt this program, uh, you know, for the president of the United States and you're like, God damn it. And like, you know, whoever it was, Bush or Clinton, um, would come on TV and it would be one of those, you know, whatever state of the union things or whatever the fuck, not even just them alone standing in on some stairway. 
And it would be like, ladies and gentlemen, just wanted to catch up. You know, uh, things are going good. Unemployment's down. Uh, the Gulf War. This Saddam Hussein that Iran. Um, you know, we're, we're this is the greatest country in the world. And, uh, you know, keep up all the great work. Back to your regularly scheduled programming. And, you know, we would miss the first, you know, eight or nine minutes of, uh, you know, Mike Seaver trying to date Boom Boom Berkowitz or whatever. And that was it. And it somehow made you feel a little bit warm and fuzzy, even as a little kid. It was just something that was like, all right, you know, it's it's and sure it was probably all smoke and mirrors and whatever. But this fucking time is just with everybody on social media and everybody screaming into the void and spreading the news that they heard secondhand or, you know, whatever, maybe just made up or whatever, it would be a really, really good time to just have some compassionate, empathetic, but like leaderist, like whatever, like like a, like an actual leader stand up and go like, all right, here's the scoop. Like this thing's serious, but let's, you know, we're going to get through it. And, uh, you know, you got to be diligent and here's what we should do and blah, blah, blah. And at least you just have someone or some people like talking to the world and saying, this is where we're at instead of, you know, ego driven, whatever. And I'm not a political person. I don't, I don't care. I just am, uh, I'm just, uh, compassionate. Um, I think, that's what's funny. A long time ago, Jack Kerouac was asked what it meant to be a beatnik, and he said sympathetic. And I think that that's where I'm at, and I think that's where a lot of us are at, and a lot of the community is at. Is it's we're sympathetic, very uh, sensitive people, and um, we we want things to be all right. But it's like you know what, fucking shit's fucked up. A guy ate an armadillo in China, and now it's you know this. So whatever, it's a fucking small rock we're on and you got to laugh and you got to listen to music. And, you know, that's my anxiety. I think the anxiety is probably worse than the goddamn fucking sickness. If you're young and healthy or whatever, you know, I mean, if if you're freaking out and, you know, like I am, I mean, you, you know, what is it? What can you do? So you got to listen to music or watch The Simpsons or listen to your favorite fish show or your Grateful Dead show or get on your Peloton or your Schwinn, or meditate, or, you know, cook some food, have some sex, do whatever you got to do, feel good, because whatever, what is this thing, you know, it's a blink of an eye, the only thing we're guaranteed is that there's an end, so just enjoy while you're here, I guess, right, um, we're, we're, you know, we're on Osiris Network, at OsirisPod, OsirisPod.com, uh, at Amigos Pod, A M I G O S P O D, at Mike Fenoya, M I K E F I N O I A, um, and MikeFenoya.com for dates, which they're probably all going to change. So let's <laughs> fucking, I don't know, whatever. Uh, it's a new website, though. It's a new skin. I'm happy about that. And there's a great picture by Lemore Garfinkel. I used this picture. Um, if you were to visit my website, or I think it might even be like my Twitter icon thing now, or I don't know. Um, I did this. There's this woman in New York named Limor Garfinkel. 
That's her real name. She's an amazing person. Unbelievably talented photographer. And she does this series called The Comedians. And she's had comics like Jim Gaffigan, um, Ted Alexandro. Uh, I think Michelle Wolf did it. There's a, a bunch of great comics like Tracy Morgan. All New York comics that, you know, she hangs out around. She's with the, in the Comedy Cellar family and world. And uh, we were bullshit. And then she was like, I'd love to do a picture with you. And I was like, sure. But what she likes to do, and she doesn't edit her pictures. It's just like she creates the scene. She creates the, um, you know, the medium in which you're taken. You know, Gaffigan is a, a train conductor looking like he's getting a drink at a bar. And he's the bartender and the conductor. It's really wild stuff. So we talked, her and I, and it came up that we both kind of have a little bit of an anxious uh, throughput in our in our uh, life. That we're both a little bit anxiety um, ridden. And, you know, who knows what it stems from. But it's cool. You know, sometimes I believe that if you have anxiety, saying you have anxiety cuts it in half. Because it's like, you know, you don't. When you have anxiety, you're like, fuck, everybody knows. And uh, when you say it, it's like, yeah, I have anxiety. And other people are like, dude, me too. And it's kind of neat. So um, we started talking and we were talking about what kind of picture could we possibly do. And we wanted to do something in the forest where I was kind of like floating around like in the forest. And then like Ghost of the Forest came out and I was like, I showed it to her and I was like, I don't ever want, I'm too close to that world. I'm fish adjacent that like, I don't ever want anybody to think that I was trying to like rip off anything of that. I go, I wish we could do a picture in a place that you've never done before. And we said like the only place she's never done is outer space or underwater. And then we both kind of like looked at each other like, holy shit, let's do a picture underwater. And we did. And we went to a pool on Staten Island and I wanted to kind of do this weird thing where it was like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And first of all, who the fuck am I to be like, this is what I want to do underwater. Like I get winded going up two flights of stairs. And that's what's hilarious about this Corona thing is like, if you have shortness of breath, I'm carrying fucking laundry and groceries up four flights of stairs in Queens. And I get up to the top of the stairs and I'm like, holy shit, I'm winded, I have corona. And it's like, no, you're just fucking, you eat too many sandwiches. So we go to this, uh, you know, we go to this this pool and it's an in-ground pool and it's in this, what was it? Like the winter? Yeah, it must've been like the beginning of the fall of last year. And yeah, it was just around then because I remember I was wearing shorts and so it was pretty much like end of summer, beginning of fall of 19. And we do this picture, and it was a cold day, windy as shit. And basically, what Limor did was she got this one of those, like where um, when you watch those nature shows, and the people are the divers that are photographers are like following a shark or following a whale. Those cameras that almost look like like a ride, like you're holding on to them, and you you know go underneath it. It looks like a like a motorcycle motorcycle bars or whatever she had that and she set up in the shallow end with like diving gear and all that and i was 
on the deck of the deep end and I put a chain around my waist with like a 10 pound or 15 pound dumbbell or uh, not dumbbell, like a, 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 a weight, you know, 15 pound weight. And I would hold it in my hands and I would jump in the pool and then I would drop the weight and I would like, tr- I had to open my eyes, try to find out where she was, let the bubbles settle and then smile or whatever and then take the picture and like stay down there long enough for her to like snap a bunch of them. And, uh, it took hours. It took fucking hours and it wasn't, it was just learning like, you know, that the bubbles go a certain way. If I opened my mouth, like the bubbles would go and it would just screw up the picture and all this other stuff. And then we just had to take breaks and it was so weird and so fun. Cause like her, like we were laughing about it, which made it like, and it's weird that we were doing a, a, a photo that was supposed to kind of capture anxiety and it cost so much friggin' anxiety. And it was, uh, you know, we, we went through the, she went through the pictures and she found that one and the one that we use. And it's actually the front page of, if you go to Mike it's, uh, that's the one that she took and the one that we used. And it's, uh, the way that it kind of ended up coming out where it's like, I almost have this halo and like the depth of the pool, it's very psychedelic and it's very weird, but it's also, it kind of came out perfect. Everything's symmetrical in its own way and the reflection and all of that. I think it came out amazing. And it's an honor because she's such an unbelievable photographer and such a like talented person that, you know, to work with her was re- really neat. And then um, I had half the pool in my ear. I got that weird thing. I don't know if anybody else has that where it's like uh, you go in a pool or like you look at a glass of water and you end up having water in your ear. I get that all the time. Um, but it was a good time. And then this was all for an autism uh, benefit. So every single picture that she takes gets blown up and gets displayed at Caroline's Comedy Club on Broadway, where I did my first ever stand up comedy show. And uh, people come in and they bid on it, and there's a show, and it's a whole big thing. So people came to Caroline's, and I walked in a little late, a little stoned. Um, Trey was playing Carnegie Hall that night. So me and a couple of my friends were at a bar right around the corner from Caroline's called The Playwright. And we were having a couple of drinks and, you know, whacking a a pen. And I was like, I got to pop over here and like make a quick appearance just because, you know, I wanted to support Lee Moore and, you know, be, you know, around. And uh, I walk in and a couple of people are like, holy shit that's the guy underwater and they pulled me over and they were like, can you tell me about like what the experience was like and this and that? And I kind of was like a little bit bugged out because I was a little high and I just didn't really know I was going to be asked a bunch of questions about it. So, um, I just answered quickly and then come to find out somebody bit on the picture and now it's hanging up in their house. How weird is that? So that picture is somewhere, um, in someone's living room or whatever. And to me, it kind of feels like the Kramer, um, that's one of my favorite Seinfeld episodes is the Kramer, uh, when they were saying how disgusting he was, but, uh, he, um, but they were, you know, they couldn't stop looking. So anyway, 
Quick story about that picture. Quick story about that website. Just trying to give you guys something to take your minds off this shit. And that's what the next couple episodes of Amigos are going to be. It's just going to be taking your mind off of uh, whatever. You know, I don't know. Look, I think there are certain times where we all sort of need to realize that we are in this fucking thing together, whether we like it or not. You know, we're all people on earth. We're all scared. We're all powerful. We're all, you know, in love and we're all whatever. We just need to put the chips on the table and take off the hats that are red and blue and take off the, you know, whatever and just be here for each other. And uh, that's what that's what this has to be. So I want to talk about a couple of cool shows that I did recently. Um, I had an amazing time on the Impractical Joker cruise. For any of you Impractical Joker fans that were there, you're amazing. And your your support and your love and your happiness to just be there with everybody is uh, – it's big. I'm not a cruise guy. I definitely have anxiety and I definitely get a little bit claustrophobic. So being there is tough. Uh, you know, I feel like a, I'm on a grain of rice in the biggest bowl of soup there ever was. But it's nice when you – you know, you know why you're doing it when you see people smiling and having a good time. Um. So that was really fun. Jim Brewer's stand-up was out of this world. Tom Petty cover band was dynamite. Uh, It was a really, really fun time, and I got to spend uh, my anniversary, actually, with my wife on the boat, which was fun. I, uh, from there, went to Denver, Colorado, and Boulder. To everybody that came out to Tuesday night at Comedy Works in Denver, you guys are unbelievable. I love that room. And I love that city and everything that has to do with it. And my friend David Rodriguez and Jeffrey Tice uh, opened up the show. Super funny, super talented. Jeffrey Tice is also the artist that did the Still Chasing artwork. The podcast series that is out now chronicling my 25 years of following Fish. And thank you to everybody that's been listening and writing you know, uh, reviews and thoughts about the project. I had a fun week of shows, though, because they were very unique and very different. There's a really cool series of comedy uh, across the country called Don't Tell Comedy. And what it is is these pop-up sort of surprise shows where you're not told the headliner, you're not told the location until, like, day of, and they send an email And you can get on the email list, so when it comes to your city, you can go check it out. But I've done them in New York. I did them in Denver, and they're a trip. They're very different. Uh, I did one on the Friday night that I was there inside of a gift shop on Broadway, one of those kind of kitschy gift shops that sells Betty White prayer candles and, uh, you know, children's books and, uh, you know, Steve Urkel, you know, rosary beads and you name it. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a Mad Libs uh, comes to life. So it's basically like, you know, just things that you could think of two words put together and that's what it is. So they sell, you know, like uh, Gandhi jump rope or, you know, Tony Danza underwear. Um, so that store was cool. And then the next night I did the attic of a mansion. 
uh, for an hour, and that was pretty weird. I had to take my shoes off uh, because I think it was like a yoga studio at times or something like that, and we had to do it. No shoes. I've never done comedy without shoes on. Um, I felt like uh, Donnie Brasco when he had the wire in his shoe and he didn't want to take his shoes off at the uh, Korean restaurant. So that was uh, weird, but so incredible. And there were people who were at the shows that were like, thank you so much for doing the show. It was so much fun. You're, you know, we, we loved your comedy and it's really what it's all about. So that was wild, but I had a good time doing it. Then Sunday I went to Boulder and I did uh, Bohemian Beer Garden has a show every Sunday uh, run by my friend Brent Gill, who was on the pod, as well as Jeffrey Tice, who I mentioned before, uh, talented artist and comic who did the, you know, the, the artwork. Uh, real, real awesome show. And uh, Noah Garden Schwartz, Esther Steinberg, uh, a couple other great comics were on it. And uh, Boulder is super chill. It's so funny to hear people in Denver boo boulder people in boulder boo denver and it's like you guys are it's like an rei fighting a whole foods it's just so hilarious um it's paradise so just chill out and enjoy it um then i did a headline night at the south club comedy works i've said it before i've said it i'll say it a hundred more times on this podcast comedy works in denver is the shit and the downtown room is amazing but the south room is a little bigger more theater feel a bigger, you know, uh, account of seats and people came out, man. I think we had 230 people on like a Tuesday and people, you know, mentioned that they had come out before last time I was in town and it's just, it's so humbling and so great and got to chill with my little bro and his wife and other people that I haven't seen in forever and my buddies. And it's just a, it's like going home a little bit, you know, and, and, and I, I really like it there. Um, so we had a good time and that was very important. And then I came home, flew home and there, this was before all the man, it's like a fucking, not even a month ago. Um, then I went up to Burlington, Vermont and did four shows, two Friday, two Saturday at Vermont comedy club. And I just want to say thank you to, for everyone who packed the place out. Uh, man, what's what? just such good shows. And um, during this time of kind of, uh, you know, staying home and uh, not going out as much, what I'm going to do is finally go through some of these videos and some of these, you know, long sets and cut up you know, clips, one minute clips for social media and YouTube and all that. And I'm going to load it up online for you guys to watch. I think that's what, if there's, I think we all need to do whatever we can do at this point to kind of try to like make this as, uh, enjoyable as possible. And I'm going to, uh, throw out as much content. I'm not good at like, uh, you know, comedy is a hard thing now because it's like not, it's half about the jokes, and half about being a uh, an IT director, and I don't care about that shit. And I wish I did, but I'm just not good at it. Like going online and doing the, you know, hey, here's my banana. What do you guys think about? You know, you have any questions for my breakfast? And I can't do that stuff. So I think what I'll do 
is I'll just keep sharing the music I love, the Simpsons that I love, the documentaries that I love, and then some clips of me on stage. And uh, I think that's what I can do. Um, Burlington, Vermont. If you've never been there, I don't know how to explain it other than it's paradise. It's my favorite fucking place in the world. I love Denver, but man, Burlington's got you. Maybe just because of that New England feel. Um, It's, uh, I don't know. I was like driving out of Burlington very, very early on Sunday morning. And there's like a slight coating of snow over everything. And the sun's coming up over the mountains. And I don't know, listening to some some old Bob Dylan driving home and uh, drinking coffee. Stopped at this little bagel place like on the outskirts of Burlington, which I got to remember the name of this place. It was fucking wild. There's just like a guy with a wooden paddle making bagels that are, I mean, it's the most homemade I think you could get. And he just stands by this giant fire and, Pulls the, you know, thing out, flips out. Myers Big M Y E R S Bagel Bakery, Pine Street, Burlington. Go check this place out. This guy was so cool. He was like a monk. He didn't say a word. He was just on one side of this giant brick oven was just enormous flames, just fire, and he kept loading up a huge pile of wood to the left of the fireplace, and then on the right side were bagels. And he was like on, on this table, look like a like a like a Hansel like a like a Hans Christian Andersen fucking like like children's book drawing. This guy, you know, just just smiling and in his own world, like in this flow, making his bagels. And on the table, this old wooden table is just a giant pile of dough and a bucket of water and like just the most bare essentials, you know, like spices and herbs and whatever else. And he's making these bagels. And he puts them on the tray on his big like pizza. I've seen these things used in New Haven at like Pepe's Pizza and all that. Like the big, big pizza like uh, you know paddle. And he fucking puts the bagels way deep in there. And then he was flipping them like just quick little like like you know foosball wrist flicks, flipping the bagels over. He comes over. I'm just standing there. I didn't ask for anything. I was just standing there waiting. And he comes over and just hands me a rosemary bagel. And he goes, try it, try it. It's it's fresh. And it was so hot. Like, you know, man, it was just so good. And the guy was just so nice and so, like, kind. And it's like, this is fucking Burlington. I just, I don't know. Simple things now are getting me, like, I don't know, a good pair of sweatpants and a and a nice guy that makes bagels. I'm, I'm, I'm in heaven. Um, Nathan and Natalie, who run the club, are the best uh it's jen hartswick's brother nathan uh runs vermont comedy club on main street in burlington and it's just i mean i don't know there's just something special about that place i'll go back anytime i would like to live there uh that's i'd like to settle there maybe i don't know become like an fm radio host in uh burlington one day and uh who knows Maybe that'll be the next move. Everybody, you know, the only constant in life is change and uh, coronavirus. So um, that was really a good time. And then I've just been uh, back here banging out sets at the cellar and Gotham and stand up New York and all the clubs. And it's just been a really good time. And uh, 
I am excited to, uh, I don't know, see what's next. I got to go to Albany this weekend, and then uh, I'm going to bring you guys a bunch of great shit next week. Um, I want to recommend some cool shit uh, while I am, uh, while we're all kind of sitting home. There's a really cool documentary on YouTube that I found just fucking, I mean, look, the beginning of this year, I was at the Mall of America in, in Minneapolis doing shows, and then I went directly to a week at the Borgata in Atlantic City, and then I went to the cruise, and then Denver and Burlington and whatever else. I've got a lot of time where I can't sleep. Like, your body just keeps bouncing from fucking place to pole to pole, and what I do instead of booze is YouTube, and I found this really cool documentary about this street artist. Um, I'm going to look it up while we're talking. A graffiti artist that became super famous. He became friends with um, Andy Warhol. His name is Jean-Michel Basquiat. And it was such a cool... Let me see if I can find it. Jean, J-E-A-N-M-I-C-H-E-L-B-A-S-Q-U-I-A-T documentary. It's called The Radiant Child. And this dude, I mean, this is the shit about living in New York City that's so wild. Is like there are thousands of just insanely talented people that you've never heard of. And then like, you know. Ken Kesey called it the big eyeball, New York and L.A., like the industry, quote unquote. That's what we call it in comedy is like if the industry decides whether or not you're like worthy of, uh, you know, viral, whatever. um, Then people find you and like you. Jean-Michel Basquat was this young African-American artist who rose to success during the 1980s. Influential African-American artist who rose. Okay. So he just got to know like people in town and like I've had Claw on the pod, which I'd love to have her back soon. Um, Just about like unique tagging and finding, you know, your niche in this world of, you know, whatever art you do. You know, you try to be, you know, a a singular voice in comedy. You try to be a singular voice in, you know, art, whatever. This dude did it, fucking murdered it. And he became close with Andy Warhol and... The story of those two is wild, and the story of this guy's uh, life is just out of control. So if you're looking for an obscure kind of, uh, you know, not Netflix documentary, I would check out The Radiant Child, Jean-Michel Basquiat documentary. I think you'll really like it. Um, Also, I am, uh, I checked out Peaky Blinders, and that was uh, one of the most unbelievable shows I watched it. I was in Atlantic City, and I had seven days in Atlantic City, and I did a season a day. And it's every season has about six one-hour episodes, 45-minute episodes. It's a pretty quick watch, but it's about a gypsy uh, family after World War I in England, in like uh, Birmingham, England. Small Heath was the part of where they were. And they basically, like, climb through the crime families of uh, London and England and the world, really. And it, uh, it's a great Tom Hardy, who was Bane 
is in it, and he's like the head of the uh, the Jewish mafia. Um, Adrian Brody was in it. It's just a, it's such a cool show. They speak in heavy accents, so I pretty much made it. Uh, I just I just came, you know, made peace with the fact that I was going to understand like one of every four words that was said in the show. But all they do is smoke cigarettes and drink whiskey and kill people. So if you're into that, you'll fucking love it. Peaky Blinders, check it out. Um, I've been listening to the album that I have been really geeking out on lately. Uh, Inner Visions, Stevie Wonder. Man. You know, sometimes it takes going back and listening to an album to realize that just like some music is written by a higher power that knows that it's going to be a thing for longer than, you know, the year it's put out or whatever. And if you go back and you listen to Stevie Wonder Inner Visions, first of all, it's like the funkiest, just too high the way it starts with just that like fucking trademark Stevie sound and uh, Golden Lady. Fish played that, I think, only once in Vegas in 03. And I love that song. And it's a cover that I kind of wish they would bring back. Visions, Living for the City, Higher Ground, Jesus, Children of America, All in Love is Fair, Don't You Worry About a Thing, Mistra Know-It-All. 44 minutes, 15 seconds, nine songs. Came out in 1973. Stevie Wonder's the shit. And uh, I think you guys should check it out. Um it's that's some music. That's a Netflix show. That's a YouTube doc. Stand up comedy wise, there's some unbelievable stand up comedy out there right now. Um, I'm gonna recommend an album, Sean Patton Scuttlebutt. It's out right now. Uh, just came out not too long ago. Sean Patton is a pal of mine, and he is one of the most underrated, downright just hilarious comics working today um he's from new orleans he's brilliant he's absolutely brilliant please check out scuttlebutt it's on uh spotify itunes uh i think it's i am sean Patton on uh social media i'll check it out right now so i could tell you uh it's it's so good sean is like my favorite comic i i think he's just let's see what is his thing Mr. Sean Patton, M-R-S-E-A-N-P-A-T-T-O-N on Instagram and probably Twitter. Um, Scuttlebutt, phenomenal album. And then on YouTube, you know, comedy is a weird thing where it's like Eddie Murphy, Chappelle, Bill Burr, um, you know, these big guys, Burt, Tom Segura, they're getting, you know, big, big six-figure, seven-figure deals eight-figure deals on these uh, Netflix hours. And then there's comics that are literally, I mean, and those guys are great, nothing against them, but it's, you know, it's a lot of money. Then there are comics like Sam Morell, who I've known since I started doing comedy here in New York. He's a New York, he was brought up in New York. He's just so fucking lean when it comes to his jokes. There's no fat on these jokes. And he put out an hour, you know, you, you push and you work and you get up every night as many times as you can and you go on the road and you live like a fucking circus freak to try to follow your dream. And it's a nightmare. 
and all you're hoping is that you can reach as many people as you possibly can. And you hope that, you know, the universe throws you a bone or the industry says, here's your special and all that. And people kept turning him down. He couldn't sell his special. So he went on YouTube and he put a special out. And if you like jokes that are real and that are from the heart and that have no fat and are just bang, 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 bang. I mean, I would go through and count how many jokes he tells in this special. I mean, it's fucking out of control. So if you could check out, I got this Sam Morrell, S A M M O R R I L. Um, I don't know. I'd be hard pressed for you to find a better stand up special at this point. Um, it's just, it's, 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 I don't know. It's really unbelievable. I got this full special 1.3 million views in a month. Good for you, Sam. That's just sick. So check him out. Um, so that's music. Uh, that is, I've been listening to some Ram Dass, uh, podcasts that Oteil, I got to tell this story. This will wrap it up. Um, in this middle part here, I'll tell you again, uh, at Mike Fenoya, M-I-K-E-F-I-N-O-I-A on Instagram and Twitter, at Amigos Pod, A-M-I-G-O-S-P-O-D, uh, OsirisPod.com for uh, a million amazing episodes of smart music and culture uh, podcasts from my friends here at Osiris. And you can check out my project with Mike Shields, Still Chasing, uh, there as well. And that's uh, Still Chasing. You can look that up on uh, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you'd like. All right. Oteil Burbridge, who I've had on the podcast, and I am blessed to call a friend at this point. Um, we had a very weird experience uh, this Sunday here in New York City. And it's kind of weird. Sometimes life or the universe throws these fucking things at you. And it's like, what is this? Why did this happen? And this was one of those. Um, Sunday night at 11 o'clock. I've explained on this podcast before, but I'll do it again maybe for new listeners. I, I work at the Comedy Cellar Comedy Club here in New York City quite a bit. And they have three rooms. They have McDougal Street, which is the main you know, famous room that you see you know, Louie walking down the stairs and all that. That's the main room. Then there's the Village Underground, which is around the corner and downstairs. And it's this bigger room. They have music on stage when you play, and it's really great. Upstairs is this cool lounge called the Fat Black Pussycat. And it's uh, that's where Brian Q. Quinn from the Impractical Jokers um, adopted his cat, Benjamin Cat. Before I get into this story, bringing up Q made me think of something that I want to say. And I don't care if this gets back to the Jokers or not. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't need to tell them I love them again. But I just want to say how unbelievably proud I am to be a part of the thing that they have, have made and to be a part of this family and be friends with Q, Brian, Quinn, and Sal, and Q, and or, or Joe, and Murr. These guys made a movie, and... It was put out in theaters, and they traveled from city to city. I mean, like, I think that Joe flew from, like, Boston to San Diego 
to like be in theaters on one night in Boston and another night in San Diego. Murr went out to Colorado and the middle of the country and Sal went to Pittsburgh and then him and Q drove around the tri-state area showing up at theaters to surprise and thank the fans for going out and seeing this movie and the movie far surpassed anyone's expectations I think as far as like box office you know uh sales I just want to tell them congratulations and and thanks for you know having me be a part of this thing at all I mean it's just great to be you know I work on inside jokes and I open up for them on tour and uh we're all very close friends and it's just neat to have them in my life but I just want to say congratulations and and uh and thanks and how you know the things they do for their fans makes it is a little bit reminiscent of the things that you know the bands I love do for us. You know, Fish, The Dead, you know, our scene go above and beyond. Their intent is all for our delight. So, congrats and uh, shout out to the guys. All right, so I go do this show at Fat Black Pussycat. O'Teal meets up beforehand, and we uh, have some dinner. He wanted to check out a stand-up show, so. We were bullshitting, um, talking about, you know, whatever, podcasting. The Almonds show at the Beacon, or at the at MSG, which I'm going to go back and listen to on my ride to Albany. I haven't heard it yet. I was going to go, but I have to admit, I was a little nervous about all this stuff. So, I do my set. Otiel's there hanging out. We start walking uh, back towards... I told him, I'm like, I'm heading uptown. If you need a ride, I'd be happy to give you a ride. So... We go uptown. We go to my car. Now, walking towards where I thought I parked my car, turns out I was going in the wrong direction. That was where I parked the night before. So we laugh about it. We turn around. We take a right down McDougal Street heading towards Washington Square Park. And out of nowhere, a white Chevy Silverado pickup truck with its front passenger side tire missing Okay, it's riding on three tires and its front bumper grinding, sparks flying everywhere, smoke. It's like just noise and sparks. And this truck is going fucking 50, 60 miles an hour down this narrow West Village one-way street like a bat out of hell. Like this thing, when, when the DeLorean returns to 1985 and just barrels directly into the movie theater. That's how this thing was moving. And O'Teal and I are standing on the side of the road as this thing is coming at us. And we're, we're stuck. We're frozen. There's nowhere to go. Do we take a step backwards? Do we take a step forward? This thing is coming, I mean, at a speed. And, it, and the way that it was bent, it looked like it was sliding towards us. And I thought that, that I, was, I was actually getting ready. O'Teal was getting ready to jump over a fence I was getting ready to roll under the truck. I don't know who I fucking John Wick all of a sudden. I think I'm going to like make some crazy move, but I didn't know what to do. I was convinced this truck was going to start rolling. It takes, it blows by us. And this is all in a matter of like four seconds. This is how fast this thing is coming at us. But it's like one of those moments of fight or flight, you being in the present moment, you know, I'm staring at this goddamn thing. And it, uh, goes by us somehow the guy makes the turn there's a pizza place there again to bring up louie 
if you ever seen the TV show where he's eating a slice of pizza, that place, Ben's Pizza on the corner of 3rd and McDougal, um, he goes ripping around that corner and starts just blaring down 3rd Avenue or 3rd Street, which is, again, super tight street. These streets are... I mean, the narrowest fucking streets. And also, there's cars parked everywhere. There's Ubers just pulled over, which is, that's just New York. They just stop. And uh, he somehow gets through all of it and then turns the corner and the cops finally snag him and he gets out of the car and he's like, what happened? Like, I have no idea what happened. And people are like, this fucking guy almost killed us and whatever. So it was one of the most scary experiences. I mean, it's one of those stories that no matter how good you tell it which i think i did a mediocre at best job of telling the story it is so scary in the moment that you just you don't know what to do um so uh O'Teal and i made it uh we drove back i dropped him off in complete silence because <laughs> so we were so scared um he said i talked to him afterwards he said he the almond brothers show or the brothers show was uh really special i think everybody kind of needed that release and uh I'm just kind of uh, grateful for, you know, that time and uh, everything that's been that's been going on now. It's like nice to be able to. I'm grateful for this. I hope that listening to this maybe brings you guys a little bit of peace Uh, talking, even though I'm sitting here solo, uh, getting my mind off it is um, what it's supposed to be. So, I mean, just be cool. Take care of yourselves. Don't panic, but be careful. I know that's kind of a weird double edged you know, butter knife of a statement, but, uh, I'm really thinking that, uh, you know, if we all just take care of ourselves and, and, and be our own leaders here, uh, everything will be okay. So anyway, thank you guys. Keep listening. And, uh, we'll be back with you next week with, uh, another episode, hopefully with better news. Love you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Adios,